0: Shalom alechem, shavuat tov, all of you listeners of this great station. This is Rabbi Albaz from SLC. The parashah that we read a week ago, that was parashat Vaeira, that uh, spoke about seven makot, seven plagues. The parasha we read yesterday dealt with the remainder, three makot. Uh, First one of the three was Arbe, locusts. And this was really a horrible kind of of a macabre a plague. Uh, We're not talking about a few hundred or a few thousand. We're talking about tens and tens of thousands. So many of them that there was like a thick layer in the sky and it covered the sun. The sun would not couldn't even peek through there. That's how bad it was. They did not convince him. It did not convince Baruch to let the people go. Then came darkness. Hoshech. Darkness. Three days, couldn't see each other. And the next three days, they couldn't even move. Whoever was sitting couldn't stand up. who was standing could not sit. It was terrible. Then once the Makat Hosek was finished, it did not convince him either. Then came Makat Bechorot. The killing of the firstborn of the Egyptians. Exactly at midnight, the mashit came and killed all the firstborn of the Egyptians, but not the firstborn of the Jews. That's very important. The fact that It was able to distinguish between the two. It's important. And the fact that it could distinguish between a firstborn and a second or third or fourth child, also quite important. Now this convinced Paron. Paron in his mind, he sees a God that can predict the exact time when Tens of thousands of firstborn will be killed all at the same time. The prediction came exactly at the time that it was it was said. And you can differentiate between a Jewish child and an Egyptian child. And if an Egyptian firstborn happened to be in a Jewish home that did not save him, he was still killed. And if a Jewish firstborn was in an Egyptian home. Was saved, that really convinced him. If there is a God that can have the wisdom and the power to be able to do these kind of things, then that's a real God. And he told him, in the middle of the night, he got up, go, go, go away. say, go, fine, go. But you would think, all right, they killed tens of thousands of firstborn. That should be enough punishment for Paro. But apparently, Akadosh Baruch Hu did not think so. It was not enough. Because we see later on, Hashem paro melech mitzrayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu even made the, the heart of Paro even more stubborn. And he pursued the Bnei Yisrael. It was not just a plain choice. Now why is it that Hashem wanted to bring Paro and his war machine to the Red Sea and drown them? If Hashem wanted to kill the army of Paro, he could have done it right there in Egypt itself. There's a lot of ways that Hashem can kill and kill him. He can do like Sidon, go free to Ash, sulfur and fire, rain it down, and then the whole, the whole, uh, the whole, the land would be finished. He could have made, he could have sent the malach like he did with the firstborn, and and kill all the the uh, the generals and the soldiers that uh, that he had. Why is it that No Hashem wanted Bedafka to bring them? To the Nile River and drown them. In order to understand that, I would like to bring something up to uh, your attention from the next parasha, not this Shabbat, the Shabbat after Parashat Itro. Itro was the father in law of Moshe Rabin, and he came to the Jewish camp in order to convert, to become a Jew. What made him come? He says, it So the Midrash says, Well, she brings it. He heard the splitting of the sea and the war with Amalek. What impressed him the most is the splitting of the sea. That impressed him a lot. Now, why is it that this thing impressed him? You know, there are many ways of bringing someone back into the uh, the, the path of religion, the Amenekiru movements. Sometimes you have a, a guy go to listen to a lecture with someone, a, a fiery speaker, and he's impressed, and slowly he becomes a good Jew. Sometimes uh, they go to Shabbaton and they get impressed or somebody go to a Jewish home for Shabbat. Or I read a little little story about this wealthy man. A Reformed Jew, quite wealthy. He was in Johannesburg, South Africa. And of course he was in a luxurious hotel. And he I mean, he's reformed, so uh, he wants to go to reform uh, temple, but, you know, it was too far. He was tired. But there was a close-by Orthodox shul. So he figured, right, let him go to the Orthodox shul. He goes there. It was Friday night. And the people over there was Orthodox, so uh, he, as soon as he sits down... Uh, a president comes over to him. He says, uh, Sir, I know you are a stranger here. Please, I would like to invite you to my home for, sh- for Shabbat. So oh, so nice of you. Thank you. Okay. Five minutes later, somebody else comes to him. And he says to him, Oh, I noticed that you are know, a stranger here. Please, I would like to invite you for, sh- for Shabbat in my home. I was impressed. And ten minutes later somebody else comes. Yeah, well half a dozen invitations. So he said to himself, If this is the way the Orthodox Jews are, I'm gonna be one of them. And sure enough, he turned. He turned around. And he went to the right path. Now what is that really pushed Yitru to become? A good Jew. We don't have to guess. The Torah says so. It says like this ki Zadu Ale. He says Now I know that a Kadushwaru is is greater is the greatest of all the gods. He he knew he knew a lot of, of different gods. He was very good in religions. He had a PhD in, uh, in theology. He knew about them. But this one, this God, he says, I studied all of them. This one is the greatest of all. And why? It says, Very interesting. This really touched him. Finally convinced him. What was that? HaKadosh is punishing evil exactly the same as evil. The Egyptians, they took their children, the Jewish children, threw them into the Nile, drowned them. Hashem is doing the same thing. He's going to take the people who are responsible, the officers, the army, and drown them. Drowning for drowning. Mida can I get me down? When he throws all that, he never saw anything like this. A God that knows exactly, precisely, he understands the evil that a person does and he punishes him with the same exact evil. (laughs) He never saw. Mida can I get me down? Measure for measure. That's why that's why he made Paro more stubborn and pursued the Bnei Israel. why? because he wanted him sure he could have killed him in a different way he could have put in bring in uh, 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 millions of uh, scorpions and snakes into the homes of the soldiers and the officers and kill them all a kadosh can do anything. No, but he wanted midah kane Midah. But you know something, this can work both ways. Midah kane Midah also for the good. In other words, rewarding something, rewarding something for something good, similar to something good that he did. It could work that way too. I have a very nice short story for you, a true story. This happened with President Trump way before he became president. He actually wrote this himself in his book. You know, of course, we know Trump had a lot of uh, casinos all over. And he, at one time, he was sitting with five top advisors, top, top of the line, who knew exactly about these hotels and everything else. He was in New York with them at a meeting. And they had another meeting to go to in Atlantic City. And, you know, it was late already. Uh, and uh, But Trump was very busy. So he told him, you know what? Why don't you go without me? And being that it's a, b- a little bit late, take my helicopter, my private helicopter, and go over there. And it'll be that quickly. He didn't go. The five top advisors went with the helicopter. The helicopter crashed. They all died. Trump, fortunately, was saved. Now, he writes that what happened sometime before that, perhaps a year before that, he said there was a case where a child was born with a heart defect in Los Angeles. And he was supposed to come To New York, a special hospital where they would correct the defect. But no airline wanted to take on the responsibility to fly him. We're afraid. What if he dies in the middle of the? You know, he's got a heart defect. Who knows what's going to happen? You know what? So he offered his private jet to fly that child from Los Angeles to New York for the operation. The operation was successful. He saved a life. His life was saved. He saved a life with a flight. His life was saved from a flight. sometimes a Baruch Will reward someone when he does something really sensational like this. Hashem rewards him properly. You know we have a we have a pasuk, Yehi Kaasher The way we behave towards Hakadosh Baruch The way we appeal to Him. The closer we get to Him the more he's closer to us and he gives us more kindness. He has the chesed of Hashem will be even greater. At any rate, now I would like to concentrate a little more on the first of the three makot that we read yesterday which is the makkah of Arbe. Interesting about this makkah. Why? Because it says, Because this coming plague, which is the plague of the Arve, I want you to, to be telling the story in the ears of your son and your grandchildren. How I amused and mocked the Egyptians. And all the Wonders that I did. And then he says. With this. You're going to know that I am Hashem. Now. Why is it with the Arbe? They're going to know I am Hashem. With the Arbe. Why is this so special? Why is the, why is the plague of locusts so different? That. You know, I'm telling you, you should tell your children and grandchildren for generation, generations to come. You should tell them about it. Ramban al-Avashalom tells us something very, very interesting. He says, after the Makkah of Arbe, when finally Paro couldn't take it, he asked Moshe Rabbeinu to pray. Moshe Rabbeinu prayed to remove them, and he said, there shall not be left a single grasshopper in all of Egypt. Not even one. Ramban explains what Moshe meant was. There won't be any luck in, in Egypt forever. There'll never be. That's it. The frog is different. The frog the, when, the, when the plague of the frog uh, uh, was finished, there were still frogs in, in Egypt. Not this. Uh, the the, the, the of lice, okay, the, the, the lice were, were gone, but there was still lice around. Not this. What does that mean, not this? It means that even for generations and generations to come, there's not going to be any arbe, not going to be any locust on Egypt. Ever. And, oh, there'll be. Uh, in Israel, yes, there'll be. Ethiopia, which is nearby, yeah. Sudan nearby, yeah. But not Egypt. And if they happen to come, they will not touch the crop of Egypt. Maybe they'll pass by in order to go to a different country, but not there. Until this very day. Until this very day. That's why it says, Now you will see I am Hashem, because... Now you know this thing is here, it's real, you could see it. As a very, very strong and powerful thing to tell a child and to be. Now, a side question Why is it that Egypt is entitled to such a blessing? Why does Egypt deserve a permanent locust insurance policy for free? Forever. After all they did to the Bnei all the evil, they still somehow have this kind of verachah. Huh? There won't be any locusts in their land. I've, I've heard a shot on this. They're still like this. As bad as they were, and as much as they deserve to suffer. And they did deserve it. They caused an amazing Kiddush Hashem. Sanctification of God's name. There was a tremendous Kiddush Hashem to the world and to the Bnei Israel, through them. Through them. It doesn't matter if they didn't do it on purpose <laughs> it doesn't matter they had no intention before. they didn't have any intention but because somehow because of them there was a Kiddush Hashem with all these plagues and all these wonders and all these miracles somehow they deserved something in return Rav Simcha Zisul said the following he sent once a letter to Baron. Baron Rothschild. And he told him the following. He said to him, of course he wanted to give him credit for all, uh, The Baron, Baron Rothschild was doing a lot of siddakan uh, and chesed. So he told me, he says, it says in the Torah, Kadesh Bechor. A Bechor is sanctified. Why is a Bechor sanctified? Well, because we, 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 we uh, Akadosh Baruch Hu, uh, when he killed the firstborn Egyptians, he skipped over the Bechorim. So the Bechorim, they, they're, mine, they're mine. That's it. So they're sanctified. But he's asking a question what did the Bechorim do? What did they do? Did they do anything at all? No. This happened to be there. That's all. Without them, it wouldn't have been such a great Kiddush Hashem. With them the Egyptians will see that Hashem can tell the difference between a Jewish Bechor and Gentile Bechor, he can tell that difference. Hashem is great. The all this Otot the Muftim and the Otot the, and them all this came on the Egyptians, right? Well, they didn't do anything but because the fact that all this the, this miracle came through them they were sanctified that's what he said so then he said to look even though they didn't do anything they were not really active they were passive in the miracles and yet, Hashem rewarded them. How much more you, Baruch who's so active in tzedakah and Hasid, will be rewarded. But this is what he wrote to him. Well, if you look in the Gemara, a very interesting Gemara Rabba. This is a Gemara in Sanhedrin, Daf Kuf Bet. Uh, uh, no, this is not. No, I, I, I'm sorry. It's a, it's a Gemara that talks about the great grandchildren of Sanheriv. Shemaia veAvtalion. They were teaching Torah. They were teaching Torah. The great 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 grandchildren were getting teaching, teaching, and the great great of Haman. He was studying Torah also. How come? How come? You know what San Sanheriv did? He had one hundred and eighty-five thousand soldiers surrounding Jerusalem. And they, they, they wanted to crush everyone. It was in the time of King Hizkiah, who was a big tzaddik. And Hashem made a big miracle. Overnight, the Malachim came, and they killed all the soul. All the 185,000 were gone. But you see, there was a tremendous Kiddush Hashem done through them. So, there was okay. It was Okay to have their great great grandchildren learning Torah. And again, even Haman. What Haman? What Rasha? What Rasha? Still, there was a tremendous miracle that was done through him. And then the Bnei Israel was saved. There was a gezerah for them to be completely gone. God forbid. They were saved. He was a passive uh, person with the miracles. So was Mitzrayim. And that's why somehow they had this Beracha of the locusts. Well, this plague of the locusts lives on. You will tell your children that it will never happen again in Egypt. And they will realize the power, the wisdom, and the omnipotence of a Kadosh And that is one way to be the emuna of the family. Yirazon, Kadosh uh, Baruch, as we say, should do with us also some pleasant miracles as they were, as it did during the Tav Mitzrayim. Amen. I just want to again emphasize the fact that this particular uh, station here is extremely important to keep up. And if you can contribute, please do so. Make an effort. And if you have any simha, please contact our office at SLC. We have a beautifully renovated uh, social hall. And we can accommodate any simha that you have. Shabu'a tov, Shalom Aleichem.